We thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for our family here together in KIC Labour. We thank you for young and old. We pray for the junior church people now gone. And uh, Lord, we pray for us as we continue to meditate around your word. Lord, we thank you for the word, your word. Thank you for helping me in my preparation. And Lord, as I speak now, just continue to, to use me for your glory and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, I was out with the children out in junior church, but I know Monica kicked off the series of sermons on the, on the parables of Jesus. I'm not exactly sure what she said. I haven't listened to the website recording. Sorry about that. Um, maybe I should have done. But uh, anyway, I like the parables because they relate to ideas and Jesus' teaching to everyday's happenings of the people of that day. Their farming, their relationships, their properties, their investments... In some cases, the circumstances may have changed in our modern-day lives of 2023. We do not need to worry about the oil running out in our lights because we have our little LED lights, or our phones even, which seem to go on forever. But the underlying messages remain. They seem so simple, and yet at times, people, we, still do not understand what they are getting at. And Jesus knew this would be the case. In Matthew 13 and 13, just before the passage we're speaking today, it says, This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Jesus, through using parables, tries to make his teaching easier to understand, easier to remember for people like me, easier to relate to the listener's circumstances. And I hope as we go through uh, the parable we've already done through last week, this one, and into the next few weeks, we'll also be able to have those three points uh, entering into our lives. Easy to understand, easy to remember, easy to relate to your and my circumstances. So to help further, Jesus even explains the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verses 1 to 23. But, more of that next time. When Monica actually asked me, um, well, she said we're going to do a series of... Um, on, on the parables. She said, uh, so if you have any particular favorites. Um, so I think from other sermons, you know I'm involved in agriculture. I said to Monica, let me, let me do the farming ones. So <laughs> today it's about the wheat. Uh, next time it's about the sower. And the uh, next one it's, uh, I've forgotten, but there's another one in August. It will come. Um, so I'm looking at the farming ones. And today we're going to be looking at the parable of the wheat and the weeds. So let's read it together. And... Uh, and then we'll have some explanations about all these blue band pots. Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the weed, wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, first to collect the weeds and to tie them up in bundles to be burned. Then gather up the wheat and bring it into my barn. 
So, to the blue band pots. A little practical. Um, now, on Saturday, we had the men's fellowship. I went to the men's fellowship and uh, then jumped on the motorbike and went downtown, got lost, went up Nakabubu Lane, where Harriet buys all this stuff, all this stuff. I don't know if you've ever been down there. It's amazing. So, it's incredible. Just stuff everywhere. And then, anyway, finally found my way to Nakasera Market, which I also haven't been to for a long, long time. And you walk through all these lovely, lovely vegetables. If, you're, if you love your vegetables, go to Nakasera Market early on a Saturday morning, and you'll find lovely vegetables there. But anyway, they didn't have seeds. So then I looked around a bit more, and there's another bit of the market. There's the vegetable part, and there's another bit of the market. And you go past the chickens, and then finally you find the people selling the, the seeds, and uh, mainly herbs and spices, actually. So they kept asking me, what herbs and spices do you need? Um, so I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> they said, what, what are you going to do with these seeds? I said, for the church message. Ah. So, uh, so anyway, they gave me some seeds. Um, they didn't have all the seeds that I wanted, but uh, go to the next one, because they didn't know it didn't quite align with the sermon. Ah, now this one. Okay, uh, here's some seeds. Which ones are these ones? Oh. Let me take all the lids off so I'm quicker in a minute. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Christine, you want to come up and tell us what these seeds are? Not these ones, these ones first. Those, those three. So, she's looking at those set there. Okay, these three. Which ones are they? So, looking, yeah. Yeah. There. This looks like soya bean. Soya bean? Which one is the soya bean? Uh, Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> on this side. <laughs> on this side, yeah, number, let's call that one, two, three. All right, number one, soya bean, yeah? Then we have cow peas. We call them peas. Here. Peas, yeah, I think they're, which one is the peas? In the middle, the slightly green one. Okay, peas. I also, I don't know if they are cow peas. You think they're cow peas or normal peas? Anyway, peas, <laughs> peas. peas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and last one. These are in the beans family, but I don't know the specifics. Is uh, present? I don't know if there's a proper name for these, but they're, <laughs> they're white beans anyway. They're white beans, yeah. Okay, they have so many different types of beans. Uganda's very good on its beans. Which are the white beans? Well, white beans on there. Number three. All right, well done. Uh, next one. That's the pulses for those of you agricultural people. Next slide. I, I wasn't clever enough to make the names pop up. Right, these set. Hi, right, who's coming now? So you shouldn't be looking at me. If you look at me, then you uh, get chosen. All right, one, two, three. The first one? There are beans. There are beans. Which ones are the beans? Because I haven't seen it. Where's the beans? Yeah, the one, number one. Let's go, number one is the beans. Okay, this time they're, they're, they're these beans. These are the ones I normally buy when Harry asks me to buy beans. All right, next one. Maize. Maize. Now, all right, there's two types of maize. What's the difference between the maize? What's this one? Popcorn. Ah, yeah, see, they're both maize. This one is popcorn, and this one is... Ah, uh, yeah, so this is maize. All right, so... And the popcorn had some weevils in it, but I think they've gone there. Uh, right, last one. Oh, I wrote common field mix, because when you're agriculture, you're meant to grow uh, the beans and the maize together. You often see them if you've been in the village. Yeah. The maize and the beans will grow together. Maize and the beans, yeah. Uh, last one. Uh -huh. Okay, who's coming up? Come, come. 
Because he's very senior, he, he will. Okay, use your great wisdom to tell us what these ones are. Yeah, uh -huh. which one's the groundnuts? Uh -huh. Number one. Okay, I had a lot of trouble stopping the family from eating these ones. All right, well, what's these ones? These ones? Can you help? Sunflower seeds. Okay, now this is a question for Monica, because she's an agriculture person aside from doing uh, whatever else she does. Thank you very much. Sir. All right, Monica, what's the difference between these two sunflower seeds? Those ones. The middle one is a bit blacker and the other one is stripy. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a different. This one costs about twice as much as this one. I have no idea. Anyone any idea? Why is this one costing more? They're both sunflower. What's the difference? What's the difference? No, no, they're both, you can plant them both. Actually, you're going to plant at the end. One peels. One peels? Ah, no, 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 they're both still in their seed. Okay, I'll give you it because we haven't got all day to have the agriculture lesson. Um, this one is higher in oil content. The black one is higher in oil content. It will grow smaller, and it's the one that they normally grow for oil. Um, whereas this one, the stripy one, is what the more the local one, and it grow much taller. It may have many heads. This one will only have one head. Okay, so that's why it's more expensive. But we're not making oil today. Well done, everyone. Give yourself a thank you. Okay, now what they didn't have was a, was millet and sorghum. They had rice, but they didn't have rice as a seed. Only rice already done. So I haven't got a picture of those. But can you see the difference here? No. <laughs> no. All right, yeah, go to the next one. Go to the grassy picture. Yeah. Uh, so just keep this one for a moment. Now, this is what rice and millet and grass and uh, even sorghum a little bit, that's what they all look like when they first germinate. They're all very, very similar. It's really hard to tell the difference. I think it's millet and rice. Uh, millet and grass, sorry. Their first leaves are almost identical. and very hard to the expert to tell them apart. Uh, I don't know if any of the others of you are from Arua or lived in Arua. When I lived up there, they grew a lot of millet. And, uh, and the expertise to tell the difference between the millet and the grass at that stage was amongst the ladies. Or at least the men didn't want to learn the difference. Because it's then painstakingly hard back work to uh, weed the, the grass from the millet. And the men said they, they, it was too difficult for them. The ladies can do it. No, but as the millet develops, even myself as a young agriculturalist at that time, I could begin to see the difference between the grass and the millet. The shape of the leaf began to change. And that's exactly what our parable is talking about today. The difference will be seen. Some of these is very obvious the difference, but with these ones, they're very different crops, do different things with them in the end, but when they're small, they're so similar. And so to help us look at this parable, the wheat and the weeds, um, I've divided it into three sections. The start, the kingdom. Secondly, the story, the Bible. And thirdly, the end, 
salvation. So let's start with the kingdom. And what a better place to start than at the beginning. And the beginning tells us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And perhaps how it's described surprises us because the description does not sound very heavenly. Matthew 13, verses 24 to 25 says this. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was sleeping, and his, en- his enemy came and sowed weeds, weeds among the wheat and went away. The kingdom of heaven is not a place somewhere above the clouds where we flutter around like angels playing harps and have nice grins on our faces. No! The kingdom of heaven is right here. I am looking at bits of it today. You are looking at one bit of it. Matthew 10 and verse 7 says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The kingdom of heaven at this time is including those bad bits as well. The kingdom of heaven is the here and now. You and me, those who have been born again and trust in salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago to live amongst us, to be a perfect God in a fallen world, the kingdom of heaven came to earth. And through his church, us, it continues until the time of the second coming and the new heaven and the new earth which we were singing about in our worship. The old hymn writers often have a great way of stating such amazing truths. This one will remind you of Christmas, but it's from Charles Wesley. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. When Jesus walked this earth, he was not surrounded by a holy bubble, or a purity force field. No, he grew up, lived through, and ultimately died in a dark world where good seed and weed seeds were growing together, good and evil. In Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11, we even read about a direct encounter that Jesus had with the devil during his time on earth. A study of those verses is not on our agenda today, but it does go to show us that coming in contact with evil does not make us evil. And being tempted by evil is not a sin. Both these things happen to Jesus. The issue is whether we fall to the temptation or can we, can we continue to shine as lights in the darkness around us. And in this way, just as Jesus did, chase away the darkness and the evil. Let's just read a small bit of that passage. Matthew 4, verses 8 to 12. 8 to 11, sorry. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. The start is the fact that the kingdom of heaven is here. But the devil 
for the moment at least, has the freedom to move around and to plant the weed seeds. And as a consequence, we are living in a world where we see much evil. So what's the rest of the story about? The Bible. Matthew 13, 26 to 38 says this. When the weed sprouted and formed heads, so it's quite mature actually, that's not straight, because it's formed heads, so it's uh, mature, uh, appeared, the owners, of the, servant, uh, the owners' servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weed seeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you will uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest. I've entitled this second section the story, because that is what it basically is. The story as depicted through the pages of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelations. Genesis one verses, uh, Genesis three, sorry, verses one, four, and six. Um, now. The servant was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did the God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And then verse 4 says, You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. And verse 6, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he hated, ate it. The bad seed had been sown by the devil, in the form of the serpent, the snake, doubting the truth of God's word. Did God really say? Not telling the truth. You will certainly not die. Falling to temptation. So she took and ate it. Death had come into the world. The relationship that Adam and Eve had had with God was lost. They were pushed out of the garden even Eden and then separated from God who created and loved them so much because of the bad seed, which is sin. And this then is the narrative of the story that continues throughout the Bible. The good seed is there, but the bad seed continues to grow up with it through the Old Testament and through the New. Good people leading to times of revival and then bad people leading to times of wandering away from God. But God, throughout, continually showing his love through warnings from the prophets, forgiveness for when people went wrong, and ultimately through sending Jesus to be the eternal sacrifice to deal with the issue stated so clearly in Romans 6, verse 23. Of, oh, sorry, I jumped the verse. <laughs> 6, verse 23. A, a, a verse I hope we've all mem memorized. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We have all uh, fallen, uh, sin came into the world. And another verse which I hope we've all memorized, which balances that verse. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The good seed continues to grow, but the bad seed is still being sown. Although now, through death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is the possibility for even the bad seed to become good seed. Well, perhaps that's where the analogy of the seed breaks down a little. But it's just as well, for actually, 
we're all bad seeds at the start. And it is only as we believe in Jesus, accepting his salvation and are born again, that we become the good seed talked about in the parable. Romans 3, verses 22 and 24 says this, this, is righteous, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. As we experience each day of our lives, this reality of good and bad seed growing together continues and will do until the time of harvest and the wonders described in Revelations become a reality. Revelations 21 verse 4 says this, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old things have passed away. We will read a bit more of this chapter later in our final section of the parable. The end. Part 3, salvation. Matthew 13, verse 30 says this. Let both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them into bundles to be burned. Then gather up the wheat and bring it into my barn. When I was back in the UK, a long time ago, just after school, between school and university, I took a gap year, and uh, I spent it working on farms, milking cows and harvesting large areas of cereal crops. And one of the big problems with the wheat was what we call wild oats that used to appear in the field as the crop matured. I think there's a picture. Yeah, uh -huh. You see that one growing up into the blue sky? That's the wild oats. And, uh, and then down below is, uh, is the wheat crop. And it's, it's common. In UK, seeds are very regulated and you can be 100% sure that the seed planted was 100% wheat. So, where did those wild oats come from? Unlike the parable, they were not sown by the enemy. But as the name suggests, they are wild oats. They came from natural sources, carried by birds, stuck to the mud of the wheels on the tractor, sowing the good seed. There were rarely many, but the seeds were so similar to the wheat that for the mechanical combine harvester, it was impossible for them to separate. And so, as the gap year student, the gap year worker, me, I had to crisscross this huge 20-acre <laughs> field pulling up these things by hand, these wild oats. It's easy because they are tall, but definitely not the most exciting job I've had in my life. But there we go. What do you do when you're in between a student and whatever? And so it is with our parable. At maturity, harvest time, the weeds could be clearly seen and separated from the crop. And any damage to the crop roots through harvesting the weeds first does not matter because the crop is also ready for harvest. The good seeds are also ready to harvest. Let's read a bit more of that Revelations 21. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, 
They will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death, the good seed and the bad seed. The harvest is a reality. The crop from the good seed and the crop from the bad seed will need to be separated. There is no place for the weeds in the heavenly store. The time for judgment will come. It's a bit long, but I want us to finish by reading Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. It's about the sheep and the goats. But, as we're reading, maybe I could ask her who's, uh, who's strong and athletic. I want us to take some sunflower seeds. Now, I want you to, to take it home. So, don't just take one. Take a few. For those of you with gardens, you can plant it in the garden. For you with no gardens, get a yogurt pot or an empty milk container. Stick it with soil in it and put it on your mantelpiece, on your, on your window ledge, and uh, plant the seed and enjoy seeing it grow. Maybe it will even flower one day. Okay, so, but pass the black one around. Well, either one doesn't really matter. Can we just... Oh, Monica, thanks. Just like, like an offering. You can... Instead of putting stuff in, you take it out, okay? <laughs> yeah, take that one. Yeah, it's fine. Take... That's the one with lots of oil. You can yeah, open them. They even opened one for me in the market because they thought I wanted to eat it. But don't eat too many. Plant them. Okay, anyway, uh, just so that's going around. Uh, the good, so that you're reminded of the good seed. You are good seed. I am good seed. But because of this opportunity and responsibility, we need to, <laughs> we need to witness to the bad seed and pray it may change to good that the bad seed may experience salvation that those people who are lost may experience salvation and come to know Jesus as their personal saviour 1 Timothy 2 verses 3 and 4 says this is good and pleases God our saviour who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth so as you help yourself to the sunflower seeds as we read about the sheep and the goats, let us reflect on the period of harvest and the consequences that will come on the good and the bad seed. As I say, it's a bit long, but... Uh, Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes, in all his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come to me, the good seed, come to me who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom of heaven prepared for you since creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you closed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when we did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a, to drink? When did you see a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? Or go and visit you? And the king replied, Truly I tell you, whatever you did, for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then the king will say to those on his left, Depart from me, 
you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, whatever you did, not for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You remember our three headings? The start, the kingdom. The story, the Bible. The end, salvation. I read this quote when I was preparing this message. Although I'm not sure where it's from, so apologies to the author. Uh, I forgot to note where I saw it. I wrote the quote, but not the source. But I think it's relevant for each of us to put into action as we leave the church today, and amongst other things, plant our seeds. A good response to the parable of the wheat and the weeds would be to come to God and say, I don't want to be overcome by evil. I don't want to be defined by the evils I have suffered. I don't want to be shaped by the evils of this world in which I live. There is hope for you in Jesus Christ today. Evil did not overcome him, and if you walk with him, it will not overcome you. I guess we'll be thinking more about this uh, when we meet again in a couple of weeks with more seeds to speak on the power of the sower and the different types of soil. But for the moment, let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the parables. We thank you for speaking to us in, in such understandable terms and yet about things which are so deep and so consequential to each one of our lives. Lord, we pray for protection as we live in a world which does have bad seed. It is a fallen world. The devil does still wander. Protect us by the power of your spirit. Enable us to resist the devil and then we know that he will flee. And Lord, at the same time, we pray that we be light in that darkness. That Lord, we would be held to, to witness to the bad seed. And by your saving grace, that that bad seed would be able to turn to good. Lord, you know, you long that there would be no goats, nobody taking that path to, to eternal damnation. You long that all would come to know you. Lord, let us do a small part in that salvation path while the story is still continuing. In Jesus' name.